0: The following podcast features two friends discussing their shared love of everything Manchester United. With that in mind, we must warn you that there may be a sprinkling of added language throughout. If that isn't your cup of tea, then possibly this podcast may not be for you. Well, either that, or you might be a Liverpool fan. Let's get this podcast started.
1: Hello, welcome back to Fans United Podcast with your host Chris Henning. Back already? Yes, well, amazingly so. And me, I'm still, I'm still chained to this fucking thing... (laughs) But my name is Graham Woodcock. Thank you for joining us as we are now going to explore the the other part of the future. The best part of the league. It's technically the sequel to the other episode, which should be better, but you just know in the end of the day, people are only going to remember the first. (laughs) Yes, it's going to be a a massive letdown. It is. Well, it's going to be a massive letdown for three sets of supporters. Yes. Because, like every league... There must be relegation. Unless you're the MLS. <laughs> then there is no relegation, but Or just- that that Super League that was defeated. So
0: this week's episode, we are talking about the relegation. We are. And the three teams that we think just don't cut the mustard. No. But they will all
1: receive a lovely little parachute payment. Oh, I love that term. Don't you just love it? Parachute payment. Parachute payment. You you were shit. <laughs> and we're going to help you... Here's 150 million. We're going to help you survive being shit by giving you stupid amount of money, yeah. which will make it slightly unfair when you go down. Let's reward your failure. Yes. Let's, I mean, the disparity in the championship <laughs> now, because the amount of teams who, A, are still getting it, yeah. despite having been in the Premier League for a good three, four yeah, years. Yeah, three, four seasons. Those who have just stopped getting one mm-hmm. and those who aren't just starting to get one. It's fucking weird. It would be really interesting. Now it could be another podcast to see who in the
0: championship so far has received receiving or, you know, because there's well, been the, the, a good... A good- yeah,
1: well, we should definitely do that. I, I would be actually interested in, yeah. in, in doing some research about that. And I do, I do enjoy my research. Just like I enjoy Age of the Microwave Dinner by Colin Hassard. This week's episode is who
0: we think the top, uh, the, the two, can speak. No, that is one of your major failings. Yeah, un- being un- un- unable to, to communicate. Being told it all my that's life. That's why your mum keeps texting me. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm going to tell her to stop fucking texting. Um, yes, the three teams that we think are going to be relevant. What's an eggplant emoji do anyway?
1: <laughs> is she vegan? Yeah, that's an eggplant. We're not American. It's an aubergine. I- I know it's an aubergine, but the thing is, Margot watches those kids' shows, which are all basically made by Americans, so everything's an eggplant. Okay. And a trunk, and a Volvo. (laughs) Let's just get on with the episode. Okay, Let's get on. With some Manchester news, Manchester United women have hired a new manager Yep, in Mike Skinner. Mm-hmm. I, th- I personally think it's a good appointment. One, because the name immediately lends itself to countless scores of Simpsons memes. Yep, And I do remember his time at Birmingham City. They played a good passing game and defensively solid, and that's pretty much what we need. Yeah, the only one thing I would say... Where there's a little bit
0: of question mark over the the women's team is how long it took to hire a manager?
1: Yes. I I understand that, but then I remember who's in charge, and basically, whilst we are slowly but surely fixing the structural problems inherent since David Gill and Alex Ferguson Mm -hmm. left us, we have basically transposed a lot of those problems onto the women's team, which Casey Stoney made abundantly clear uh, to Ed Woodward and said, "Why, why is it the person who's in charge of the women's team happens to be the accountant who is telling us there's no money yeah because you know if you want to put someone in charge of something but put an accountant in charge then you'll do nothing <laughs> yeah he's obviously left orlando pride i'm not particularly au fait with the mls right. because Same. i know that zlatan went there david beckham went there Chichir- Rito, he's a chicharito went there yeah Pelé went there, but that was a long time ago, and New York don't have a Cosmos anymore. That was a great documentary, actually. George you. Best was there, too, yeah. Yep. Yeah. and the MLS has no relegation. Your so plan. I can only imagine Phil Neville is there right now, still celebrating another year in the top flight. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, that leave Phil alone. It's a, it's a big project to go into a new club,
1: build something. I think he... he, he, he He's should. not there to build anything. He's there as a placeholder. You just get that feeling. Placeholder for who? Well, the Americans love a name. Yeah. And Messi's going to be available in two years. Money grabber. Did you see him gurning in that press conference? Oh, yes, I have a direct quote from that press conference. <laughs> This club made me rich. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, I, look, I, I understand that he's been there since 13. And I understand that, he, obviously, his family's there and and what have you. But this is a man who sent a birth of fax last year saying, I want to leave. Yeah. This is also the man who, does he not have a criminal conviction? Well, tax fraud. I mean, but then, yeah. you know. Who doesn't in Spain, I suppose? In Spain, yeah, pretty much, yeah. because the, the Spanish tax system is is that um, difficult to figure out. I'm not surprised. I know. We but,
0: crocodile tears, don't get me wrong. Most gifted footballer, naturally gifted footballer we have ever seen, for me. I do believe those tears were, no, no. Know, were genuine. I, I agree as well, but the flip-flop within the 12 months of I want to leave, I'm not going to leave, just...
1: It's, it's, I failed, too close, I, I failed. I fail to understand how anybody at that club didn't realise just how how bad that situation was honestly I I don't understand
0: it people were aware of this if they weren't then the club is in a worse position than I
1: think they're in right now that's what they said that's what they said Joan Laporte in the press conference we can't sign Messi because we are in a worse position than we are and someone asked well why uh, why doesn't he play for free it's like fuck you oh, no. why, why the fuck should he play for free exactly no offense you know he's no already one. he's already offered 50% reduction which is quite a lot of money still yeah but even that that as people pointed out if he played for free he still wouldn't be registered because no. they are still fucked. With 200 million still, even without him, if he was playing for free. Yeah. Now, if you're one of the four players that have been signed by Barcelona this summer, on the on the proviso that A, you're going to be playing with Messi, B, you're going to be playing for the best club in the world, that they keep mm-hmm. professing and they have been professing, which is why they're probably in the mess they're in. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, hold on. I'm listening to this press conference. I may not be registered by the end of this transfer window. Yeah. Well, obviously, the, the Messi,
0: playing with Messi, that's, that's gone bye-bye. But the fact of the matter is, irrespective of that, they still need to shift dead weight from their wage bill mm-hmm.
1: for he, them to sign well, any of Their wage bill is 95% of their turnover. They need, they need it down to 70% to start registering players. And that's without Messi. yeah, so I mean that that's yeah, that's if he played for free,
0: so it was hundred and twenty percent or something yeah. if he had signed yeah. with with him not in the equation it was ninety five but then needed to get it to seventy so it's a if he played for free it was you
1: know it was never going to happen yeah it's the whole thing the whole thing is a mess and Do you know what? Uh, as a wrap as it up then. well, that's what a friend of mine texts me um Stephen McCauley oddly enough uh basically just texts me and said. Fuck them. Any club, and
0: that that if that was Manchester, we'd be saying the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like we were scathing whenever the the Super League was announced about our own club. That you know, I think any club, irrespective of their size, if they are not within the the realms of they're going beyond their means without what their their turnover, just need they need to
1: go pop. I, I agree. It's no surprise that the three clubs that are still harping on about a Super League and yeah. desper- are the three clubs that desperately need it. And why? Because they've been spending beyond their means for years. Yeah, it's Be- an easy try- out. Trying to become the the reason people watch the league, which is essentially what Barcelona said. Barcelona were basically saying to La Liga, well, if we lose Messi, you lose people investing in, in the thing. It's like, no. the arrogance of that statement it, it, it's, is unreal it's a hor- it's, but that's that's been Barcelona and Real Madrid's problem for as long as I can remember. but irrespective They're, they've always been arrogant. they've always had that yeah. we are the best clubs we are the best clubs in the world. people will want to play for us and people want to watch us regardless of anything but
0: it's I think in their defense slightly for the two th- from two th- from 20 years they've been correct. It's always been labelled a two team league. Granted, in the a couple of years ago, um Atletico came up to, to to win and um Valencia have done well. But they've been able to get away with it because that's what's been happening on the pitch. But now they're not having their,
1: their way and they've realized this towards the end well, that the re- the what's it, our what's our how do we get out of this? But the reason is is because they finally after, uh, I think it was maybe, f- maybe four, or five years ago, mm-hmm. they finally started sharing out that TV money fairly. That's, that was the big difference. Because previously, it was all going to Barcelona, Real Madrid. Yeah. Regardless of anything else. So now, no, we don't have to sell you our best player. In fact, you need to sell us your players. <laughs> and yeah. you need to pay us their wages too. Which yeah. is why the Griezmann to Atletico Madrid thing was never going to get off the ground. Because they're already paying the the majority of Louis Suarez's wages. <laughs> That's mad. So anyway, fuck him. <laughs> um, exactly. If,
0: if if we then look at the other end of the league, you're three for for relegation. Right. I <laughs> I went uh, completely safe at this. Oh, have you oh have you? Yeah, well what I think safe. I just think this season when you hit the nail on the head with finances, I can't see the three that come up. St- any of them staying there. Really, the only only one possibility is I've got Burnley down because they
1: they've been on a downward spiral for a f- few seasons. I think I think I've got Burnley as struggling again this season. The one thing that keeps them in the Premier League for me <laughs> is Sean Dyche. Yeah, and they have made a very good. A very good defensive signing in uh, young Nathan Collins from Stoke. He looks like a cracking prospect. Perfect for Burnley. Yeah. I do have, or I would have, information to hand if I knew where the fucking thing was. So anyway, who? What are we talking about? (laughs) Relegation. Relegation, yes. For me, I, uh, I can't look past the three promoted teams. I can't look past Norwich. If I have to go through another Premier League season hearing the same fucking thing about norwich which was always well you have to give them credit for them playing their game it's like no that makes no sense it makes no sense if they're being trounced every fucking weekend then their game's shit their game needs to change (laughs) yes and my problem is has farker learned that i don't think he has yeah i don't i i just don't see it um is uh pookie still there I have
0: not I think he I think he might be He might be Um, That that, you know I just can't see I just can't see Where the finances Are coming from The teams Up Whether they
1: I'm not I'm just not sure I know they've they've Signed Ben Gibson From Burnley That's a defensive player They've signed Angus Gunn From Southampton So that's goalkeeper But I don't know If he's going to be Replacing their First choice goalkeeper Not that I know Who that is Right at this moment Because it's just Poof Not in my head they have made a very good signing in Billy Gilmore from Chelsea yeah. on loan. Okay, that's but a fair shout. That he he is a good player. But is that enough? Is it enough when the talk is of a certain Aston Biller going to Norwich and saying, "Nice Cantwell, you've got here. Yeah. I think we'll have him." I know we fancy a bit of that. We fancy yeah. that. So there are there are things I just don't see Farker doing anything other than we play our way and then realising at the end of the season when they're relegated, I'm not Bielsa. Yeah. Sorry, Norwich fans, if you are listening. <laughs> I just don't see it. I just see another season of, you know, we... Struggle. We fark it up. Yeah. And why is that not being used by Norwich? I don't know. On, on, on shirts? You should be making money off that. Yeah. It's so easy. Fark off. You no, know, fark off, yeah. You should be making money. They should be making money hand over fist oh, on... for Fark's sake. On, ...on farker merchandise. <laughs> The amount of Farker merch, they could be shifting right now since he's been manager. I mean, what, what, it's been four or five years? Mm. And I've not once seen a mug saying, fuck off, fuck you. (laughs) Mother Farker. Mother Farker. I've not seen any of these. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Delia, get off your- Where are you? (laughs) Get off your eggs, love. Come on! Of
0: all the teams that went up, I think because Brentford haven't been there, you want them to stay up. I,
1: I do want Brentford I to just, stay up. I, I just can't. I just can't see it. Well, you know? I hope I'm proved wrong. You say that Brentford have made some very interesting transfers. They've signed Onyeka from Micheland, the Danish. Oh team. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's a very tidy player but the one that sticks out for me is Christopher Eyer from Celtic who I always thought you're destined for the Premier League I'm just surprised it's taken this long for someone to realize that you are playing in a league that that's too good that you're too good for yeah it's no. Like the Van Dyke situation. I'm sorry, I I'd have to apologise to anybody who's a fan of Scottish football. But ever since you did the split, and I stupidly managed Aberdeen in Football Manager once, I, I just cannot stand Scottish no, football. It horrendous. feels it feels like you've played everyone 14 15? times, yeah. and it's only November. Yeah. It's like wh- why no? But anyway, but Brentford. I don't know. I I do get the feeling that Brentford could stay up. They're not in my well. Three. What th- what three do you have? Because I have the,
0: the three promoted sides. The only possibility is I think I put Burnley there potentially this season because it's still a a weird sort of season you're going to have the teams that were there last year just have that experience of playing a very condensed top level elite league whereas the three going up granted they did have a condensed season but it's obviously it's it's a different quality and I just think it could be at the bottom just about surviving you know finishing 17th you know so that's the only reason why it's not that I have anything against Against that, these teams, bar Norwich, for the same
1: uh, reasons as you'd mentioned. That is my problem. The three I've got. Did you mention your three? You've just went for the. You've just yes, went for the, the three. Three that are being really okay. Well, for me, Norwich again. As I've just said, they're going to fuck it off back yeah. to the Championship. This is where it gets a bit annoying. But from what I wrote down. This week, and what I want to write down last week. I have Southampton down. Oh, because uh, Southampton are a strange team to me. They they have some good players. They have a good youth setup. They have a really good manager. But now they've lost Danny Ings. Danny Ings yeah. pulled them out of a lot of fires last season. Yeah, that's but, a that's a good point. And I they went forgot and, about Danny. Re- and they really went hot and cold throughout the season. Mm-hmm. They would go on a little hot run and then a very cold spell which yeah. usually saw them getting trounced 9-0 by somebody yeah twice so, <laughs> twice it's just I don't know there's something about Southampton this season that's I'm, a very just, good
0: point I forgot about the Danny because oh. you're a team that struggles to stay up so what do you do you sell your best player yeah, yeah that, but, I mean, but I I know what you mean because for me they're not exactly but there's similarities between them and Leicester there seem to be a club within the community well run granted, the different ends of the league but the great you set up but 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 they'd go hot and cold. And you said when they go cold. They go cold.
1: It's sub-zero. It's like you're making love to a cadaver. (laughs) And you just realised. Yeah. Oh shit, this is so wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: so, that's a good shout. The Danny Ings thing, I completely forgot. Because I look about. at I look at Southampton's transfers this summer so far. They've brought Theo Walcott on back permanently. He's never really done anything. He, he's not he's not the player that he sh- he could have been. Yeah. Personally, I've always said I thought he stayed at Arsenal too long. He needed to leave. A lot of but, people and uh, uh, that b- they have bought uh, Roman Perot from Brest Mm -hmm. and they've bought two Chelsea youngsters. Now my my issue is that's three players there who haven't played Premier League minutes and it's a bit of a gamble. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they can hold on to James Ward Prowse because that eats up a lot of their goals and assists as well. If they lose him, I'm, I'm worried about Southampton. If they keep him, they might have a chance, but I do know that they are apparently, uh, before, before you came, came here, Tony Mowbray press conference for Blackburn Rovers. And he did basically say that Adam Armstrong has, uh, Blackburn have accepted a bid from Southampton to buy him. Okay. So that's a striker that they're bringing in to replace Danny Ings but he's not played Premier League either. And that's another gamble. I mean, I, I like Adam Armstrong. I think he He's a very good player. He has had a couple of brilliant seasons uh, alongside Brereton uh, with Blackburn, especially especially considering that Tony Mowbray is not exactly the most attacking coach <laughs> on the planet. No, so that's a good signing. But I just, I just, I do worry about something.
0: You, you, you're you're losing Premier League goals, in Danny Ings, and you're replacing it with a gamble that someone who hasn't scored elite level goals. And,
1: and again, Ryan Bertrand. They've lost Ryan Bertrand. They allowed him to go away on a free, yeah. and he's signed for Leicester, uh, as I've talked about. My other team, which I'm going to put in the category of probably doomed now I, I can't, part of me hopes i'm wrong but it's crystal palace Ooh. if i was a crystal palace fan i would i would be a little worried palace fans will agree i'm sure two years ago they need to start rebuilding yeah because they had a lot of players at the wrong side of 30 and their contracts were expiring. And then last year, they had all those same players still who are now one year older and their contracts were expiring this summer and they just allowed them to go, which is fair enough. But that's a big rebuild to lumber on a manager who you weren't too sure who the manager was going to be yeah. for a while. I mean, they 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 were being dicked around by Nuno for a long time because Nuno was all set to go to Palace until the Everton job came available. And then it became, well, Daniel Levy's desperate <laughs> yeah. because he's gone around Europe. You know how desperate you are. Asking everybody. Well, you know how desperate you are when you you decide to go through your Rolodex and settle on Gattuso. Yeah. I mean, that's desperate. But anyway, don't get me wrong. Nuno's a good manager. I think he's a very defensive-minded manager. It'll be interesting to see if he starts Spurs with a back three or a back four. Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion he's going to go back four, which didn't really work for Wolves when he tried to bring that in. But regardless, with Palace, bring in Vieira and giving him a list of really young players. That's got a very good shout, Palace. Got, you know, I mean Michael Michael Olise, uh, Remy Matthews on a free, Mark Jahi, Shahu Jahar. I have no idea. Are you singing a song? It might be. I'm, I may as well. I'm, I'm going... I mean, I'll be honest, I'm going through all the bars. Um, Joshim Anderson from Leon, Connor Gallagher from Chelsea on loan, Nathaniel Klein on a free. They've got two young players from Chelsea. Gallagher obviously played for West Brom last season. Yeah. It was all right. He was all right. So he's had Premier League minutes, but the... Um, The one that surprised me was Mark, name I can't pronounce because it just G-U-E-H-I. I I mean, which one's the silent letter? (laughs) How many of them are silent? The first one. But I know that he was very highly thought of defender, centre-back. Yeah. Very highly thought of. Stephen said, very surprised, let him go. But where are they going to get into the team? What's their pathway? There's, There's players there that you're... Relying on to kick on the Premier League, yeah. So Palace, I, I would worry about it's Palace. A
0: big, it's a big drop from where they finished last season, but it's a very you make very a very very valid point. The fact that you've brought in Vieira could be car crash in itself. With an experienced team, mix that in with
1: you know how how many players have left. <sighs> If you bear with me, because I've lost the second page to uh, <laughs> to, to this particular question, uh, because I'm trying to think. Obviously, you still have wealth still there. That
0: uh, Van Al, Al- Van Al- I can't say his name. Van Al- Holt. He's still there. I- I'm trying to think who has left. That's the only thing. If, if, if they still have quality, I think they might be enough. But with Vieira, I just don't know what you're going to get. Uh, do you have them in, in the bottom three then?
1: I have Palace in the bottom three. So we've got Norwich, Palace, and who else? Southampton. Mm-hmm. I've gone for two established Premier League sides. Right, here's the Palace release list. Stephen Henderson. Mm-hmm. Wayne Hennessy's out he went to Burnley yeah. Andros Townsend's away to Everton Okay. Mamadou Sacco went to Montpellier Patrick van Anholt released oh. Gary Cahill released and James McCarthy he's away to Celtic That is a lot of players That's a lot of experienced players That was the spine of your team for a lot of last season Yeah. and the season before so that's, that's- a Bit of a worry for me, and who, yeah. who are you bringing in to replace them? It seems to be younger players, which is fine, but none of them have played Premier League minutes, yes, bar Conor Gallagher. So it, it's a big gamble, with and it, with, it, with an experienced manager with, with a manager who's never managed in the Premier League before, and his only other experience is the Man City, did he not? You know, tax write off club in America and Nice. Was it Nice? Was it Nice or Monaco? I think it was Nice, I'm pretty sure it was Nice, yeah. We didn't because we didn't it, set the world alight. No, well, but I understand. I understand if yeah, you know. Stuff, I understand right? if you're a manager and you have an idea of how you want to play. But yeah. of course, reality sets in, mm-hmm. and the players you have, and you have to play a certain way. With the idea that okay, in five years, I'll hopefully build a team that can play the way I want. Yeah. And he didn't get that at Nice. But managers don't get time anymore, yeah. which is a sad reality. And that's my problem with Palace. If Vieira starts off like De Boer. You know what's what's coming. You you hope that's not going to happen. I know. But can Palace afford to sack a manager to bring another manager in? Well, they would probably have to go in. But can anybody, financially? It took them that long. They knew Hodgson was leaving at the end of the season. They knew for a long time. It's the same with... um, I would say something within his contract that
0: they've got it. you know, if you win, you'll get half, of whatever it is, they will do because Palace... Can't afford to be relegated this season. Well, no one can. So so you're you're looking at if it's gonna happen, they could pull the trigger very quickly and probably get big
1: Sam might get that wee knock. Ah, but here's the thing. This is my problem. This is my problem now. Last season we didn't see many managers getting fired. Mm. -hmm because covid and finances yeah. now some would have you believe that it was because there were no fans in the ground providing booing. pressure and yeah. providing booing i i genuinely don't think that has ever really Sacked a manager, it may have helped, but it's never really been the reason. It's been it might have glossed over the real reason: financial reasons as to should we fire this guy because of if we get relegated, we are fucked. If we don't get Champions League, we are fucked. Basically, money talks. Mm -hmm. We've seen Spurs, Crystal Palace, and Everton all knew. Well, sorry, in Everton's case, they didn't. It was it was a surprise that. And Flotti was asked back yeah, by Real yeah. Madrid. So that, that took them by surprise. But they, those three clubs still took an extraordinary length of time trying to sign a manager. Mm-hmm. Now, in two cases, Palace and Everton, Nuno was fucking them about because he was looking for the better job. Yeah, Which, not to denigrate him, a lot of people would do the same thing. So you think, is there a shortage of managers out there? Is there a shortage of managers? Is it... Was it financial? Why, you know, why did it take so long? Yeah. And do you run the risk of well, it took us this long to hire a manager. How long first did you time? leave it? Yeah. If we if we have to sack this guy after a month, two months, do we have the capacity to get a manager straight in? Because mm-hmm. it can't just be Big Sam. Because you have to hire Big Sam's entire backroom team. COVID financials have made a real mess of football. Yeah. So do you take that risk? That's my issue.
0: Yeah, it's sort. Of wonder then why take that gamble on Vieira in the first place? Was there there was no other option? It did come out of left field for me. I was very well, surprised. Yes, it completely came surprised. out of left field. Uh, you, I would totally agree with you because not saying that he he doesn't deserve it. Every manager needs to cut their teeth somewhere, as you said. He was in America, then then France, but just especially as you as you said, what happened in the past season and a half with the the current, you know climate with uh, with COVID you would have thought that do you hang your hat on a, in, in an experienced manager and let him cut his teeth at your club or say I'm sorry we're going to go for security here we need a little bit more of, of, of a of a potential certainty that we will be in this league next season because any day of the week never mind what's transpired in the past 18 months
1: hiring Vieira for your club is a gamble it is a massive gamble so that's why I've got Palace in there Because I don't know what Palace is yeah, going to turn up Because no, really nobody knows But I'm just thinking a lot of young players It's a big, big ask of them It's a big ask It is Our relegations <laughs> Yes Hopefully it's
0: more fun this season Because all these teams were relegated this, this season past very early
1: And there was no excitement at the end of the season no, but I still, I still think that there's going to be a disparity of sorts. Let's be honest; we're not going to go through a full season where you're not going to hear player X was at a party yeah. with player Y that he shouldn't have been, yeah. and now the motherfuckers got COVID. Well, and the backroom staff have got COVID. Well, funny you should say that because there's Jesse Lingard. Yeah, tested positive for COVID.
0: So it's the knock-on effect with other players. And that could be key. So that's something that I think teams are going to have to really nip in the bud. And we have to remember
1: as well, there are still teams where their players, the majority of which, haven't been vaccinated yet. Neil Warnock telling Middlesbrough's own fans... Get online and abuse these bastards to make them get the vaccine. I mean, that's essentially what he said. I want you to bully my boys yeah. into getting the vaccine because it's ridiculous that they haven't got it. Yeah. Because
0: I think it's that's another thing that, irrespective of, of people's opinions on that, it's you're going you to have to have players who are going to isolate, but it's is a knock on effect to other players. And in a season when you can't afford players, to be injured, no. never mind be out of sorts from whatever way they, they react to getting COVID. And how long, because obviously long COVID is still something that we're still dealing with and trying to, to work out and understand. You want to try to mitigate
1: those sort of things as best you can. It's, it's still going to be a very strange season. There's still going to be a condensed element to it. Definitely. The Premier League is a wonderful beast in that everyone can have their day, everyone can beat anybody on their day, and we just don't know which teams are going to turn up the way we think they're going to turn up, Mm -hmm. or they would have in the past. And again, finances, there's something, there's definitely, you could, you're definitely seeing the, the effect of finances on some clubs. And I, I'm very surprised by Liverpool's not spending. I'm, I'm surprised by that because you would have thought they had the money. You would have thought they would have had the money with the increased revenue, the increased, uh, sponsorships, Premier League money, Champions League money. I am a little surprised that they yeah. haven't gone out and not splashed the cash, but looked at Where we can improve, where we can buy.
0: You would have have thought offhand, even though you don't know the team in in, in detail, they need three signings. Yeah, for the bench. Release some players. There's a natural turnover of players. My, <laughs> You're fresh in the squad. I know that they're maybe looking at, oh, we've got, you know, yeah, three I, players back from injury. That's our three signings. I know... Well, I, it's a that's a bit of a cutout. That's, that's
1: my problem. If I was a Liverpool fan, I would be kind of worried that I could still name my first Team eleven for the fourth year running. All right, with no change. Now, unfortunately, I do know there are quite a few Liverpool fans that I've talked to who just look at that team and go, yeah, but they're the world's best team. Yeah. It's like, um, okay. That's one opinion. (laughs) What happens if, when they were playing the two absolutely electric years, but they weren't getting any injuries to the first team? And I said, what happens if... Oh, but not happen, I but know. it will happen, and then it did happen with yeah. Virgil van Dijk. Sadly, not just him and and Gomez. And it yeah. was like there was like four players that that went out. That's why you need a squad with with depth. When you especially quality. do, well, especially do now when the Premier League have actually put in the rule changes, so as is now going to be permanent. Premier League teams can name nine players on a bench. Yeah. So if you've got a big squad, brilliant great if you don't have a big squad the ball might might get a no (laughs) bring your boots that is our episode Mm -hmm. so this is the ending (laughs) so can you think of anything yep what we'd like to do is throw it out
0: to the listeners do you agree do you disagree do you think that graham was very harsh with the teams that he selected do you think chris was very lazy with the teams that he selected Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll say yes to that as well. But there was a good episode. Yeah, good good episode. It's good to talk about It's good to talk in general. It is, but it's good to talk about just something like, not specifically planet. Manchester United. I have to ask you a question, Graham. Okay.
1: Are you looking forward to the, the season? I'm looking forward to the resumption of a social aspect of the season. Yeah. I think that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, when, when Fry in the Negatron group suggested we all meet up at the football club to watch the game yeah. uh, against Leeds, that... Immediately, well, two things immediately sprang to mind. Why none of us had ever thought of the football club before as a venue to watch football is beyond me. And two, oh, the seasons like literally here. Yeah, <laughs> almost forgotten. I know. No, it'll be good. I I will enjoy the social aspect of it. I definitely concur uh, with that because um we've had a we've had a year and a bit now of no real
0: I think I think no, no social aspect. Yes, of I it. think what really brought it home for me towards the end of the season we got some fans back and it was. Great to hear that yes. the live fans' reaction. The pipe stuff can go fuck itself because yeah. it's it's shit. <laughs> but I know that there were doing the best of a bad situation but what really brought it home for me what I was really missing and it was a great night's crack was the, the Europa League final when it we was. all like result aside just being having a chat about the football watching it missing the football cuz we're chatting about the football it's it's it just is. it's what football for it, me is is about yeah i love the technicality of the game and everything but for me it's a social thing yes
1: and that night Just brought it home. I missed it. It made me appreciate our Negatron group an awful lot more. I mean, I, I, I always have appreciated my fellow Negatron's. But you don't miss something until it's gone. And What's we that missed it? group? It's, it
0: fills a hole. <laughs> but I'm excited as well. If we're solely focusing on the Manchester United aspect. It's been a while since we've had a transfer window where I'm not bitterly disappointed. <laughs> or, or waiting for, well, let's buy Falcao, you know, a splurge at the end or something. Whereas they've went in, identified, we need this position. We need this position.
1: And guess what? We bought a player it's, for that position. It has been some time it's since we done our business early and we've sat back and went, well, if anything else happens, it's a bonus. Yeah. that It has been quite some time. Ideally, I'd like
0: three three players. But if you were giving me the option of you can have Sancho Varane, I would take those two yeah. all day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: I've heard about that. On that note... <laughs> Thank you very much. Get on our socials. Tell us what you think. But until next time, we bid you adieu. Adieu.
0: follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Search for Fans United Podcast.